0: What's up, everybody? Anthony Cazenza here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Hope you are all doing well on this Tuesday. We've been coming at you on Mondays the past couple of weeks, bringing you the water cooler chat. And I'm flying solo today. The past couple of weeks had some great guests uh, Strawberry Ice, Jeff Trenopole, Green uh, Green Arrow, the Orange Arrow, I should say, Uh, Derek joining us there. And happy to have both of them with us the past couple of weeks. And now, We're going to talk. I'm I'm going solo. I'm going solo. I apologize to those who are tuning in for the live broadcast. I know we were supposed to go live a little bit earlier than expected. Uh, Just been rounding up some information for all of you. Got a lot to comb through, a lot to get to, and we're going to get to all of it. But I wanted to make sure I had as much information as possible so that we can slam you with all kinds of different stuff going on with the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North. The rest of the NFL as training camps are in full swing as of Tuesday. It is the first fully padded practice for the Cincinnati Bengals and a lot of sights and sounds from that courtesy of all kinds of great, great media members in the Cincinnati media. They are doing a great job covering training camp for us, making our jobs uh, easier and making us, as fans, uh, giving us all kinds of different content, video content, all kinds of stuff. So thank you to all the great Cincinnati media members out there. Before we get to all this stuff, I want to do a little bit of house cleaning with some different pieces of information for all of you. Uh, hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, Doug. Hi, Alberto. Good to see all of you. Um, look, uh, so uh, last week, we were privileged enough to have Both Ken Anderson and Ken Riley II join us for the podcast. It was a long podcast, long show, but an awesome one. And I highly recommend that you check out those interviews. We had a great time talking about their careers, Ken Riley Seniors, that is, as well as that of Ken Anderson, some thoughts on the current Bengals and all kinds of different things, as well as the great work their foundations are doing. So we started... A charity drive. We we made a little bit of a lofty goal, two thousand twenty-one dollars. Where we're over halfway there. And guess what? Tomorrow afternoon at four thirty PM Eastern. In case you have not heard, we have the third and uh, unfortunately the the <laughs> well the only other player left that uh, we have yet to interview, and um, the the other surviving member of the. Ring of Honor class Anthony Munoz is going to join us the greatest bangle of all of them and uh, he will be joining us at 430 Eastern we're going to be doing our show at a special time interviewing him and uh, talking to him and hopefully raising some more money for his great foundation as well we want to make a big impact for them so you want to join us for Anthony Munoz and of course a lot of other things with our show tomorrow. Uh, Should be a very, very good one. And if you can, please, here's what we'll send you the link here to the GoFundMe that we have set up here and you can donate to this great cause. We're going to divvy up evenly among the three great charities, all of your donations. So even if you, if you want to do 13 bucks for Ken Riley's Jersey number, if you want to do 14 for Ken Anderson's Jersey number, if you want to do 15 combining seven and eight for Anthony Munoz's Jersey number. You're welcome to do that too. Even just a little bit. So we reach our goal and make a big impact for these charities. That would be so great to see. And I thank you all already for all of your donations. And if you haven't gotten it to us yet, get in contact with us with your uh, shipping information, because we're going to be giving out prizes to folks and we want to make sure that we get you in on that. So want to let you know about all that. And, uh, We'll will hopefully be seeing you tomorrow as we interview Anthony Munoz and continue our uh, our charity fest as well as our normal show that we we do on Wednesdays. So let's let's we're, we're going to kind of start from the weekend, meaning Saturday. What has transpired from Saturday with Bengals camp that is, and then of course up to now. So there's been quite a few developments, quite a few things, quite a few events, cool sights and sounds from camp from. Uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals and, and what they're doing there. I want to start with our a little video here from our good friend, Bengal Jim and his Twitter account. Uh, this is, this is kind of a cool thing here. Let's, let's rewind it from the beginning. This is him walking up on the, uh, on the back together Saturday. Look at the crowd. If you were there, we'd love to see some pictures and videos and whatnot, but, Thousands and thousands of people on hand for that practice. The first one that fans were able to attend since 2019. The first training camp that fans uh, practiced that fans were able to attend since before the pandemic. And they came out in droves. Really cool site. Bunch of support for the Cincinnati Bengals. And as you saw pictures within the stadium as they were practicing, you could see, I mean, it was almost it was almost as full as a, uh, an end of the year game when the Bengals are maybe out of the playoffs. It, <laughs> I mean, it looked like there was just a lot of people there. So if you have some, some footage or, or photos from your time there, we'd love to see those and, uh, get, get those to us, please. But cool stuff, at least from the sites, uh, aspect of the get together or back together Saturday, rather with the Bengals. Uh, here are, this is on cincyjungle.com. We're going to kind of bounce around a little bit on where we are going to share some of the items that we normally share here. This is from cincyjungle.com. Bangles, four takeaways and highlights from Bangles Saturday training camp practice. This is from Jason Markham. A lot of this stuff is not only from what we've heard, but also those who were there. Our good buddy, daddy McDuck or McDuck was there. Uh, and you can see here, here's another good shot of the lower level here, uh, in terms of the crowd, but there are, uh, you see some good stuff from Burrow to Boyd. Um, here's, here's the thing with, with this, and you can, you know, there's all kinds of different videos that we could share with you here. The thing is Friday, the offense had a rough day. Saturday, the offense looked like it showed up, rebounded well, There were a lot of nice, nice connections between Burrow and his wide receivers happening and uh, all kinds of different, all kinds of different things that the offense was achieving. Um, And then, you know, you've kind of had this back and forth, some more things from the offense as this week has started. And then today was a little bit more of, uh, of defense. So, uh, you know, there's, it's, there's a lot of back and forth in this camp. It's not, we, we, as we've, uh, here, I'll play you some of these here. as we have uh, been covering training camp, what we've what we've seemed to notice is there seems to be certain points of camp where the defense is doing really well and dominating things for a long stretch of time. The offense is playing really well and the defense is really struggling or quite frankly, both both units are struggling. Well, it turns out that uh, these they're kind of taking turns here. They're kind of taking turns in terms of who's who's uh, who's playing well, who's not playing well, who's showing up, who's not who's not showing up, and you know the basically the takeaways here, aside from the 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 cool videos on here that on on Cincy Jungle on this post here, really the offense bounced back. Uh, and then Travion Williams was, was impressing Here's we'll re-share this here because of the video uh, took up the screen there, but Travion Williams looking like he is playing pretty well uh, played well in front of the crowd on Saturday. So you got, you got Travion Williams impressing there you can see here with, with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, having the top two running back spots locked up, not to mention the Bengals have gone into the regular season with just three backs before Williams needs to impress in camp. Um, and then obviously you've got, you've got Puka Williams, you've got Chris Evans in there. They're also working at wide receiver at times. So um, Williams looked like he had a couple of nice plays on, on Saturday and those videos were courtesy of daddy. O McDuke. go check those out on his Twitter account. Trent Taylor seems to be this this preseason hero, it usually happens with the Bengals at their wide receiver position, and Trent Taylor seems to be the guy that is really impressing. So, um, you know, we've we've sort of penciled him in, uh, uh, us at Cincy Jungle and those who cover the team, we've sort of penciled him in as the team's punt returner. He's going to make this team. He's going to bring special teams value. So uh, we, we've penciled him in as a guy that's going to make this team and here you go, Ben Baby. Um, Trent Taylor and Trenton Ir- Irwin um, had some nice catches today as of, as of Saturday. Um, Taylor did a great job waiting on a corner route from Burrow, who dropped it in well. So a lot of good things coming from Saturday, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And then, of course, Evan McPherson, the team's rookie kicker that they drafted – He's hitting bombs and in, in all kinds of different practices, and he looks really, really good. Austin Seibert has hit some good kicks as well, but McPherson just continues to impress. So a really good showing by the Bengals, especially on offense on Saturday. Maybe that was a little bit intentional with all the people in attendance there, but who knows? They they seem to be uh the offense seemed to be doing well there. And then there's been a lot of jostling back and forth in terms of overall unit performance, defense, offense, which which I know sometimes it's like, oh boy, but sometimes it's good. It is good to see both units having their time to shine in different parts of practice. Now, also on Saturday, what was seen and heard among the fan base who were in attendance, Zach Taylor addressed the crowd. And one of the things he proclaimed was that fans will be proud of these bangles. Now, maybe a little vague as to what, That specifically means, but one thing I can promise, the quote is one thing I can promise you is you're going to be very proud of this team this year. Now, does that mean more wins? I think a lot of us believe so. Does that mean more wins in these one possession games that they can't seem to close out? Hopefully. Does that mean more decisive wins? Does that mean a higher level of effort now that Zach Taylor has quote unquote his guys? The hope is that the answer is yes to all of those. Um, so I, I think as we all sit here and we have a pretty high level of optimism for this team and where they're heading, Zach Taylor proclaims that fans, that he did this at the back together Saturday event, publicly addressing the fans, um, saying that, you know, basically the fans are going to be proud of this team, whatever that specifically means, whatever he is maybe point going to point to at that We'll, we'll see. But um, he's pretty confident in where the Bengals are at at this point and what they are doing in training camp, what they've been showing. So I guess we got to take Zach at his word and uh, believe that the Bengals are heading in the right direction. Like I said, a lot of sights and sounds from camp seem to be showing that. Now let's keep moving on into later in the weekend and into yesterday, which was Monday, some more sights and sounds from the team this is uh and if you don't follow this gentleman please do keith jenkins he covers the the cincinnati Bengals. he's been doing a good job over at camp there um this is a quote from mike hilton who is quickly becoming a fan favorite i i mentioned he was one of if not my favorite free agency edition by the Bengals this offseason but a quote that was relayed. Now, what's kind of different to me, I mean, sometimes we've had players that talk after practice. Sometimes there's a little bit of the pre-practice quotes. It seems that most of these are coming before practice. But at any rate, Mike Hilton addressing the the media said, uh, this of Jesse Bates, he is the number one safety quote. He is the best safety in the game. He doesn't just get the respect he deserves. Um, Praised his mental approach and playmaking ability. And that's, I guess, why that would be, especially eye-opening is the fact that Hilton played with Minka Fitzpatrick, a guy who usually gets a lot more praise, a lot more attention nationally than Jesse Bates does. So that kind of tells you a lot. And he played with another good safety, you know, it could be a little bit of player speak there, but Hey, we all love Jesse Bates. We hope he gets extended and we know he is one of, if not the best safety in the game right now. So you gotta, you gotta, like those words from Mike Hilton, praising one of his secondary secondary buddies. We see Big Jim saying, pay the man, of course. And then Trey Rock saying, he ain't lying. I love it. Uh, let's keep rolling on here. So there was some different stuff going on with some injuries. Now, fortunately, knock on wood, everybody knock on wood at the same time here. That's been very, very quiet, the beginning part of training camp it that's hasn't been the case in Zach Taylor's first two training camps in terms of avoiding injuries in the early parts of practice. But there are a couple of guys who have, who are on the, you know, uh, pup list and then off it. And then there are some others that are dealing with some tweaks. We'll get to that in just a second here, but cam sample, the rookie defensive lineman has been cleared to practice. This is on cincyjungle.com courtesy of Jason Markham. Uh, he was uh, he did pass a physical um, he had been placed on that active physically unable to perform list and again a lot of these are nuanced to uh, placements here in terms of players how they get placed on these respective lists because it allows the team to be able to activate them uh, kind of at their at their will and not you know not lose them later you know if they're if they're kind of dinged up or hurt you're not able to put them on the pup list later So and then, you know, obviously, you know, you've got some bad decisions to make there if you if you mismanage this. So the Bengals are doing right by their players and doing right by their team. And uh, Cam Sample did pass a physical and has returned. So that is good news on the injury front for the Bengals as we kind of continue on into this week. Now, this is this is day five, which is. There's a day five recap, which is yesterday. And I wanted to get to this in case folks didn't see this. This is from John Sheeran, my co-host on uh, this show. And of course, one of the the main writers at cincyjungle.com. Here are some takeaways here. We just talked about Cam sample coming back. Unfortunately, there's a couple of little dings to some veterans. Cornerback Trey Waynes, who missed all of last year after signing a very lucrative deal, Uh, There's a slight hamstring. It sounds like he's more day to day for Trey Waynes. And then backup offensive lineman Fred Johnson has a quad injury, maybe will be out a week. So what that does for him and both of them in the preseason, if they're going to get time, what have you who knows seems like it would be maybe more likely for Wayne's over Johnson. But then again, we don't even know how much time starters are going to get this preseason. You'd like to see Wayne's. Well, I mean, depending on your, (laughs) depending on your approach with it, I I think in in some respects, you'd like to see Wayne's get out there and get reacclimated to game speed after missing all of last year. But now that he's dealing with another small injury after the big one last year, you're kind of saying, well, this is a starter, an important player. Maybe you rest him as much as possible, but As of Monday, those are some injury updates with a couple of veterans on each side of the ball, courtesy of Jay Morrison of the Athletics. So um, that is relayed to us by Zach Taylor through Jay Morrison and the rest of the media there. So that is one of the injury updates from Monday. And then there is still an offensive lineman rotation. So there's been all kinds of talk late last week and into the weekend about Frank Pollock, uh, you know, a lot of positive stuff obviously but one of the things was why is he not starting why is he not putting their second round pick the guy that they are relying upon potentially to start and and help anchor the offensive line why are they not starting him at right guard well here we go right here um he he was back with the starters at right guard for the first time since minicamp was jackson carmen so they're they're getting guys different looks they're starting guys. Obviously, there there are positions up for grab, namely at the guard spots there that they are trying to trying to take advantage of and uh, get get the most competition out of those spots. And Frank Pollock is attempting to breed competition at those guard spots. So Jackson Carmen t- is was back as of Monday, taking the first uh, rep first starter reps at right guard um, since mini camp. So um, those are a couple little takeaways from Monday, I know there's much ado about Frank Pollock and some of the comments and and actions he has made regarding Jackson Carmen, but he put him there uh, as a starter as of, as of Monday. Now, what does Jackson Carmen think about all this stuff? Check out this quote from Paul Daner jr. Of uh, the athletic and his Twitter account here, Jackson Carmen's on offensive line coach, Frank Pollock quote, one of my favorite coaches ever already. So if you thought there were sour grapes there, if you thought there was, why am I not getting my, my, uh, my run there, you know, that's not that's not the case. And oh, by the way, here's Stuart Stuart Monty expanding uh, uh, for us a little bit. Carmen looked good today on his interview. Pollock will take the best, though. Um, so yeah, uh, the Jackson Carmen um, getting getting looks, getting his opportunities, and look, he's he's they're not just going to give it to this kid is basically the messaging. They're going to have him earn it. And I think a lot of people are okay with that. I think there's a little bit of of caution given some of the issues with high picks in recent years with the Bengals. But, you know, at, at some point this kid is young. He's got, he's got some good experience and whatnot, but he's, he's still pretty young. He's got a lot to learn and he is basically starting a brand new position potentially in the NFL, from that of which he played in college. So, you know, there, there could be a learning curve there, obviously. And, uh, you know, Frank Pollock's taking it kind of day by day. And I think they're going to see what... Everybody gives them in preseason and in the rest of training camp, especially now that the pads have come on. I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com, bringing you the water cooler chat. We call it that because we all kind of get together virtually and we discuss the Cincinnati Bengals. I kind of discuss. You guys – you guys listen and maybe you already know some of the stuff I'm bringing out to you maybe I'm reminding you maybe it's all new stuff but we get to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals update you on them update you about what's going on around the division and the NFL as you would at a at an office an office setting you know you grab your you're on a little break you grab a cup of water and you talk about sports talk about life talk about all kinds of different stuff so that's what this episode's about but join us also for tomorrow's episode. With our deep dive show, we've got Anthony Munoz joining us. We had Ken Riley second, Ken Anderson last week, and now Anthony Munoz joining us. And please, please, please remember to submit a donation to our GoFundMe that we are raising funds for the Munoz Foundation. We're raising funds for ken riley's foundation and the ken anderson alliance we're gonna divvy the, up all the donations and send them out to those charities respectively and of course we've got prizes for you so um donate and let us know what you donated and where we can maybe get you a uh, a prize should you should you win it we're a little over halfway to our goal our financial goal so please 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 donate if you are Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. A little bit more here from yesterday. Uh, I'm not going to play the the actual video clip itself. By the way, and this is another um, another good follow here, My, Mike Petraglia. Hopefully I am. Not butchering his last name, but at Trags, uh, relaying a quote from Von Bell, uh, and I thought this was very, very telling, very eye-opening. I don't know, uh, but basically, I think it, the not the first part of the quote. I think you have to have swagger on defense. Okay, while well, Von Bell really played well the last half of last year, he struggled as he was more responsible in deep coverage in, in the beginning of the year. They uh, altered some things, and they got a little healthier. And I think also with a lot of new faces, they started to gel a little bit better, him being one as well. And, of course, he had that iconic moment of absolutely drilling Juju Smith-Schuster and causing a fumble in that beatdown of the Steelers on Monday night late in the year. Uh, So he played really, really well at the end of the year, and hopefully they're going to carry that. But here's here's the other part. Bell and Jermaine Pratt admit there was significant finger-pointing on defense last season. I don't really specifically know, and I don't, I don't think I need to know exactly what is meant by that. However, I think it is something to be aware of and something to kind of say, well, maybe that's why they have invested heavily on, on the defensive side of the ball yet again in free agency this year, and hopefully the fact that the team seems to be a lot healthier on defense, this this time around or this year, rather, I guess you know you got to figure that maybe that finger pointing will be lessened. Maybe after the the off season, maybe that's not where they've realized that that's not what they want to be like in the locker room and as a defensive unit. Who knows? But uh, they seems they they seem to be uh, I don't know. They seem to be in a better place as report as reported with how they're performing in camp, especially with the offense being, you know, pretty stocked in terms of their skill positions and everything else. So um, that's, that's kind of some interesting, interesting quotes there from Von Bell. We've had a request here for the go fund me link. Let me see if I can find that for you again. There it is right there. It's in the live chat from earlier. We'll try and copy and paste that one more time. Let's see if we can do that. Uh, there you go for the chat there. I think we had someone request that for the GoFundMe there. Okay. Want to make sure you receive that. Now this was also from Monday. So Monday, the the after doing pretty well on offense, Uh, on Saturday. Monday, it seemed that the the defense kind of imposed its will a little bit more. And what ensued here, this is from Joe Daneman. Another great follow here. Uh, Joe Burrow spent an extra five to seven minutes after practice working on deep balls with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So this is on his Twitter account. We'll see if we can expand that for you. Here's some here's some footage here again. Joe Daneman. Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase working on deep balls after practice. Look, there's some there's some nice-looking plays here. Uh, you can see there's still uh, work to be done uh, in this facet. I still think that this continues to just improve and get better as not only the, the rapport continues to grow with the young receivers and the young quarterback, but also as Joe Burrow gets more strength in his knee and gets that closer to – 100%, but a really cool relay of information and video from Joe Dannemann, Burrow and his receivers working on the deep ball. They are committed to making that a, a much improved facet of the offense going forward in 2021. So that is good to see. Good to see. And, and your leaders, those are guys that are being looked at as your young leaders on the team, especially Burrow, seeing them work after practice. Always a positive sight there. Now let's let's transition uh, to well, not quite yet. We can still we can still talk about Monday a little bit, and I thought this was a good one because. We're having this guy on the show. And this is from our buddy James Rapine over at All Bangles and from the Locked on Bangles podcast. This is Anthony Munoz chatting it up with Mike Brown, uh, owner of the Bangles, chatting it up at practice. Uh, Anthony is going to be the color voice of the Bangles preseason television, uh, televised games. So, um, good to see him and we're looking forward to talking to him tomorrow, but he is at practice. He is back in Cincinnati at practice and checking things out, chatting with Mike Brown, kind of cool site. Thanks to James Rapine of all bangles for, uh, for, for getting that over to all of us here via his Twitter account. James has been killing it. He's also been putting out some awesome video clips of camp. So you you want to go see what he's been putting out there too. um, good stuff there. Anthony Munoz and Mike Brown, kind of a nice reunion as training camp, kind of a, a, an annual staple. Now here's more footage from practice on Tuesday. That last one was, was on Monday, that shot of, um, actually it was today, of Anthony Munoz and Mike Brown. I think it was today, I'm getting my days confused. However, again, Mike Petraglia here, Uh T. Higgins, a one-handed grab of a dart from Joe Burrow. Look at this catch here. Let's zoom that in for it for everybody. We'll turn the volume down. Uh, There it is. There's this the nice move there. And a jumping one-handed catch as he is heading towards the sideline. So cool stuff. These guys are working on a lot of different stuff. A lot of different stuff. Nice move once again. Makes the one-handed catch. And uh, you gotta like what you're seeing. Again, I am all aboard the T. Higgins hype train this year. I think T. Higgins is going to have a breakout season. Oh, by the way, what a great, great segue! This includes a little bit of some information with other wide receivers in the NFL. However, however, we got it. We got to give you this one here. And I'll put the link in the chat. This is from NFL.com. This is another guy who has been all over, all over the T Higgins hype train. He's also liking some other players in the AFC North. This, this wide receiver group last year is a really, really stacked group, but basically this is year two breakout wide receivers by Nate Burleson, a guy who knows a thing or two about playing wide receiver in the NFL and some good ones. Chase Claypool, he, he mentions him. And look who is number two, T. Higgins. And he writes, quote, after just one season, Higgins is already one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. The rangy playmaker is so much fun to watch. He has a long wingspan and shows similarities to ex-Bengal AJ Green, who the team let walk this offseason in part due to Higgins' promising rookie campaign in which he led the team in receiving yards and TDs. And in case you didn't see, that would be, uh 908 yards and six touchdowns with a confident joe burrow back from injury and rookie jamar chase playing opposite higgins i see a huge leap in higgins's numbers this fall the former clemson standout is just scratching the surface still has room to grow not yet fully filled out at, uh, physically at 22 years old higgins at this stage reminds me a lot of my former teammate calvin johnson who was a threat early in, in his career, but then transitioned into Megatron after putting in time in the weight room. Johnson's transformation into a dominant wide receiver is a big reason he's getting enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this weekend. Wow. Wow. So others, you got Van Jefferson, another guy from that, from that great uh, receiving class, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb is another one, especially with Prescott back. You got Henry Ruggs. He's he's kind of had a uh, an up-and-down type of – well, he had an up-and-down kind of year. A lot of people think LaVisca Chenault's going to have a good year, especially with Trevor Lawrence in the fold there. Really kind of a Swiss Army knife type of player. But T. Higgins is the guy that uh, Nate Burleson's all aboard. I'm comparing him to Calvin Johnson, wow. That is – that's high praise, high praise. And that's not the first time that Nate Burleson has talked about T. Higgins on – on good morning football on NFL.com. So wanted to share that one with you, even though it mentioned some AFC North receivers and and others in there. I thought that was pertinent to the T Higgins conversation. Here is another great tweet from Joe Daneman as of a little bit earlier. Uh, We'll, we'll expand this video here. This is uh, let's see. This is from the camera. This is from one of the TV cameras a burrow to chase deep ball. Now it's not live action. It's kind of recorded, I guess, on a camera, but this is on Joe Dannemann's Twitter account. You see him. He uh, chases working, extends for the ball. Nice deep ball. You got to love seeing that this was as open um, on his Twitter account as of about an hour or so ago on Joe Dannemann. So a nice clip of Joe Burrow going deep to Jamar Chase. Again, they worked on it after practice on Monday, and now it's starting to kind of bear some fruit, at least on some things that they were doing on Tuesday. So you like what you're seeing there. We're going to be with you for just a little bit longer. We've got some more Bengal things to get to, some AFC North things to get to, and of course some news around the NFL. I'm Anthony Cazenzo. Hope you're all having a good start to your week. We're out of of the weeds of Monday. We're now on to Tuesday. And uh, we've got a few more things to talk about here on the water cooler chat and some fun, some fun news. I got to share with you at the end of the show, whether you missed it on the front end of the show, but some others I haven't uh, some other stuff I haven't told you about yet. So looking forward to that, Charlie Goldsmith, another great follow of the Cincinnati media. He has been doing some great work and he is relaying some, I don't know how you want to take this. I guess some, some good news on one hand and some, Long sigh news on the other side of it. So it's a little bit of a double-edged sword. Sam Hubbard was having a monster, and this is as of a little bit earlier. Sam Hubbard is having a monster day in one-on-one matchups against Deontay Smith at right tackle. Jake Liskow of Locked On Bengals, we were privileged enough to have him call in to our listener questions live show on Friday. And he and I were gushing about how much we like Deontay Smith. His length, the athleticism, the frame that he could put on more weight. And he's going to be a project guy. There's no doubt about it. But he's a guy that I felt, and I know Jake feels, could be a long-term solution at tackle for this team if things play out the right way, and especially under Frank Pollock's tutelage. But unfortunately, had just a rough day against Sam Hubbard. And you like to see on the, on the flip side of that, you like to see Sam Hubbard, not only just playing well in general, but playing well and playing hard after signing that big extension with the team. And then Charlie Goldsmith adds the defensive line clearly has the edge on the first day in pads. The offensive line just committed a false start on top of that. So again, double-edged, double-edged sword. The Bengals defensive line was not a strong point, last year namely because of injuries uh and getting after the quarterback all that kind of stuff they struggled with it and now um things are looking up but the unit that we've i I think unanimously we wanted to see the most improvement from the offensive line still seems like they are at least a little behind where the Bengals' defensive line is at this point if we are to read the comments by charlie goldsmith and uh I don't know why we wouldn't believe him. He's there. He's covering camp, and he's doing a good job of it. So, look, uh, offensive line still has a ways to go. There, there. We've talked about it in the previous articles. We've referenced and and reports that we've referenced on this episode alone that they are rotating guys in. They're they're mixing different starters in at least from first snaps of practice and whatnot. So they're trying to see what works, and they're trying to get things to work for this team. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see exactly what they what ends up happening in terms of growth hopefully in the preseason it's not obvious that there are still glaring issues on the offensive line but uh, I guess we have to like if we're going to remain positive we got to like what we're seeing out of the defensive line and a newly signed Sam Hubbard we, we got to like what we're seeing out of that young man there as well speaking of this was from a couple of of days ago I believe Zach Taylor Mentioned that it is on the team and himself. It's on us to protect him, was the quote. And this is on cincyjungle.com We'll give you this link to follow as well in case you haven't read this. But Zach Taylor says, among other quotes, like, You're gonna be proud of this team and all kinds of different things. Uh he is praising Joe Burrow and saying he looks he looks really good. I think we all can, for the most part, agree with that. Um, it's on us to protect him through that process as well a little bit. There are times when we scale him back just like Trey Hopkins, just like DJ Reader, all of these guys, but Joe looks good and seems to feel real good. So now when it's on us to protect him, there's two different – there's kind of a double entendre there, right? It's not only on them to protect – him from Joe maybe wanted to go a little harder in practice, take a bunch of preseason snaps and do all these things and rush back either number 1 when his knee isn't fully ready to do all the things that he wants to do or two to to keep him safe and that he won't re-injure things, won't get another injury, that sort of thing. But it's also a little bit it's it's also a little bit of a an underlying meaning of hey, we got to protect him up front too. And I think that's also why you're seeing some different rotations, different looks. Um, you know, you're seeing Deontay Smith go up against a Sam Hubbard. You're seeing Jackson Carmen start with, with the starting group uh, on certain days and not uh on others. So um, and then there's there's other there's other things here. Another quote by Zach Taylor saying, quote, there's oftentimes I ask him, hey, do you want to do this? Yes. So then it's on us to know he's usually going to say yes to a lot of things. I don't think Joe Burrow's saying no to a lot of. Football work, especially as he is coming back from the knee injury. But um, yeah, so I, I think I think most of this quote, as he proposed it, Zach Taylor. I think it was mostly about we got to protect Joe during preseason, during training camp, and make sure that he doesn't overwork things. But I think also it also in general is the theme of twenty one. Right, we got to protect Joe Burrow. We got to find ways to protect him, not only with the offensive line, but we got to be able to run the football. We got to be able to do other things. We got to be able to to do some things on defense to give him short fields to work with. We got to protect Joe Burrow in a lot of different ways, and it's not just being precautionary in the preseason process, in the training camp process. I, I mentioned this. So I won't spend too much time on this already, but we mentioned this at uh, the Saturday session, the back the back together Saturday here. Trent Taylor has been the pleasant surprise of Bengals camp thus far. And I, you know, if you, if you read into this guy, when the Bengals made a move for him, you, you may not be as very surprised about this. Trent Taylor was making a lot of waves with the 49ers. I remember Richard Sherman was uh, said to have been quoted as saying he was one of the, the best looking guys in practice when he was with the 49ers and what he was doing with the team. And now Taylor's a guy that they're probably going to be relying on for uh, a lot of the things that Alex Erickson did punt returns slot receiving duties in, in some respects and um, you know, kind of being the the second slot guy behind Tyler Boyd and, and maybe doing some other different things with, within the team's needs and, and, you know, maybe Gunner on, on special teams, all kinds of different things, but he has been the pleasant surprise of Bengals camp. I think it was, was it uh, Ben baby um, at any rate, uh, quote, he's been in this league several years, been in a very similar system, so it's not foreign to him. So he's able to play fast. Coach Taylor said of one of the Bengals newer additions, who is hoping to step in the shoes of the departed Alex Erickson quote, it might not be the same name of the play that he's used to, but he can recognize the concept and say, okay, I know that concept. We ran it in San Francisco. So that is a huge deal for a a wide receiver especially one who has been in the league just a couple of years is looking to latch onto a team and make a name for himself being able to get into a system and instead of just kind of guess or whatever (laughs) you know being able to kind of get acclimated right away from the get-go because you're used to the verbiage you know what's going on you know where to be and of course special teams values special teams value is going to be of paramount importance for Trent Taylor, you know, Darren Simmons is going to pound the table for a guy like that. So, um, yeah, good, good news there. The Bengals needed some extra help, especially, or they needed somebody to come in and fill punt return duties, extra receiving duties. And it sounds like the wide receiver group is rounding out very nicely and, and is one of, if not the deepest group on the team at this point, um, going forward. I don't want to – we're not going to end on a sour note. We're not going to end on a sour note as it goes with the Cincinnati Bengals portion of news. We've got more to get to. But this kind of – again, the the PFF ranks and other rankings and everything, the the arbitrary lists and all that, you know, it it just kind of makes you take a step back and go, you know, how many of these do we need to do and, 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 all of that. But this, this came out earlier today on cincyjungle.com pro football focus ranks Joe Burrow below average among quarterbacks. Well, what exactly does that mean? Um, they rank him below average heading into the 2021 season. Burrow had the fifth best passing grade when targeting throws 10 to 19 yards downfield, but he ranked 32nd out of 36 Qualifying quarterbacks on 20 plus yard throws. He had a passer rating of just 50.8 on those 20 plus yard passes. But the good news is that the deep passing can fluctuate from year to year. And they had talk about the addition of Jamar Chase and all that. So essentially, why he's ranked below average in some of their metrics, uh, at least this list that they have coming into the 2021 season is because of the struggles with the deep ball. Well, if you've been paying attention to this episode earlier, you would have noted that number one they've been working on that after practice during practice all kinds of stuff you saw the clips from the last couple of of practice sessions that they are working on the deep ball starting to bear fruit a little bit but also if you've been paying attention to our show and Bengals news from all kinds of different sources previous to that you would know that this has been a point of emphasis from basically minute one of the offseason for joe burrow and everybody else associated with the offense they wanted to do that so they are working on the deep ball and are doing a bunch of different things with it. So um, as of now, it's kind of like, well, you got to prove it. You got all this work that you're putting in, you got to prove that it is going to work. But um, Hey, it, it, as of now, Joe Burrow in PFF ranks has them below average. I don't, I don't know that I fully buy into that, but let's not end on a sour note with the Cincinnati Bengals news. Let's end on a positive one because this guy is quickly becoming a a great soundbite, a great quote machine for the Cincinnati Bengals, and of course, is looked at as one of the locker room leaders. Hopefully, he has a great year. He is in the final year of his contract that he signed. Uh, one of the first guys the Bengals signed in the Zach Taylor era in free agency resigned, um, and he says, "quote Why not us?" When we talked about the Bengals Super Bowl odds, obviously the Super Bowl odds for the team are quite low. But again, Mike Petraglia um, says basically that. Uh, the Bengals, why why not us when talking about the, the Bengals in the Super Bowl? So let us play this one actually. I'm gonna try and play this. Hopefully you can hear this yeah, one. Sure, I'm gonna say uh, do I believe that? Hell yes, 100 percent Yeah, that's 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 if you don't believe that in our know, locker room, then you shouldn't be in our locker room because the pieces that we have, the way that we were practicing, the way we're flying up, you know, most all three phases, special teams, we got a long way to go for sure. Dan's gonna get after us. Um, offensive and defensively same. but with what we've we've got and what we've shown each other that we've got, there's no reason why everything that I said shouldn't come true. Um, So a little quiet on there, I apologize, but essentially echoing the sentiments saying, you know, everybody in this locker room believes that we are going to be a Super Bowl caliber team and if you're if you're not believing in that type of success level or potential with the Bengals, (laughs) why are you here and so he continue on saying you know basically why not us being super bowl contenders and you've you've heard that before from some of these underdogs that have come through and made a lot a a lot of long playoff runs in the nfl they say why not us why not us and that's kind of a little bit of a rally cry for a team and maybe cj uzama is is kind of trying to galvanize the locker room a bit and doing that. And hopefully it works. Hopefully it works. I think there's a lot of talent there. There are a lot of question marks, but you know, if they, we've said this a bunch of times, if they can mature fast, if they can, you know, show that they are responding to coaching well. And if these coaches who were very inexperienced for their roles, a couple of years ago, if they are now experienced enough to do some, you know, work the kinks out they're in this third year of the system hopefully now we're talking about a team that is poised to look at the postseason maybe even make a deep postseason run we're going to get to uh some more information and more stories around the afc north and around the league before we do i would be remiss if i did not remind everybody about symbol and our partnership with symbol you can go to simbull.com Backs dot app backslash OBI and get in on the action. If you are a sports better, if you are a fantasy football aficionado, if you play survival football, if you play just the regular stock market symbols, got to be part of your rotation. Again, S I M B U L L dot app backslash OBI. Go there and put in the promo code OBI, of course, standing for Orange and Black Insider. When you sign up and get ten dollars of credit right into your pocket to be able to use on investing in your favorite team or a team that may not be your personal favorite team but one you believe you can make some money on and that's really what this is about you can make money on teams that you you're passionate about or you can make money on teams that you feel are being undervalued you see a long play there and you could make some good money off of certain teams and it's not just nfl You could do college football. You could do NHL. You could do Major League Baseball. The Reds are uh, toying with a lot of Cincinnati folks' emotions at this point, I know. But go and check it out. Use that promo code OBI when you go to simbull.app backslash OBI. Use that OBI promo code. Get $10 in your pocket that you can use to invest in a team that you want to make some money on. And hopefully that's the Bengals. Uh, They have since their value has since risen quite a bit since our partnership. But I think if the Bengals do surprise people, if the Bengals do some of the things that CJ Uzama was talking about in that interview, um, you're going to be able to make some money off of that team. And hey, what's better than that? Not much. Right. Going into the AFC North. Let's get to some observations with the Cleveland Browns, with the Steelers, with the Ravens. They are also in full swing with their training camp. So here's day five, which was yesterday. This is on Dogs by Nature, our our, uh, counterpart site, our sister site of cincyjungle.com. They cover the Cleveland Browns here. Um, You can see here. Unfortunately they had an injury. Anthony Walker was, was headed in, got shaken up during a team drill. This is from Daryl writer who covers the team there, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know that it's something, anything super serious there. He tried to stretch it out, but um, you know, definitely not a cart situation there, but you see here, JC Treader did not practice due to an illness. Um, And Treader is one a valuable guy on that offensive line. Uh, They, in case you missed, they'd have Tack McKinley on their team. Remember when the Bengals made a waiver claim for him, got him, and then he failed his physical. Uh, So Tack McKinley is with the Browns, but he is out with an illness as well. Uh, Ronnie Harrison remained out with the hamstring, and uh, rookie Anthony Schwartz was also on a stationary bike. Um, So, you know, uh, bumps and bruises and other things here. By the way, OBJ – Odell Beckham Jr. is back and uh, he's he's making cuts and doing running drills and catching drills and all kinds of things. So if you remember, he injured his knee against the Bengals last year, uh, came down on a, a ball that was intercepted by Darius Phillips, uh, tried to make a tackle and uh, his knee buckled on him and he uh, he tore his knee. So he now is back with the Browns and practicing as well as of yesterday and so that's some of the sights and sounds with the browns and also oh by the way baker mayfield is looking pretty good at camp two so that is a little bit of some sights and sounds from brown's training camp um they obviously have some lofty expectations for them placed on them by the national media by a lot of us who cover the Bengals in the afc north a lot of people believe that they are the team to beat in the division this year so We'll see if they can live up to the hype. They've got a lot of talent and obviously uh, they've got a pretty good formula for things. They made a a good little run last year. Here's behind the steel curtain. The other, uh, again, another counterpart side of ours uh, within SB nation covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is from Tuesday's practice. The Steelers are getting set for the hall of fame game. And obviously they've got a lot of different, um, that is kind of becoming a, a little bit of a nightmare for them. They have, Jerome Bettis and uh, Troy Polamalu. I think they were going to be part of the festivities. Obviously, being highlighted Hall of Fame players at the game, both have come down with COVID. They're trying to work around getting them there. Last I read, um, their symptoms are mild, but uh, you know, obviously, everybody wants to be safe, so they're getting they're gearing up for that. Our, their Hall of Famers are, and then the team is as well, but. Um. Ray, Ray McLeod is not dressed today. Uh, You know, you can see all kinds of different tweets that they're referencing here. But um, Tony Brooks James is wearing number 40. Benny Snell was not out there. This is from Brian Batko, uh, who covers the team. Benny Snell is not out there. Uh, And then, of course, Zach Gentry. We we mentioned Ray, Ray McLeod and Eric Ebron are not practicing. Um, Zach Banner is Banner Hurt himself last year unfortunately he was a guy they were relying upon for that offensive line and so they are doing so again he is lining up at right tackle you see that from ray fittipaldo uh dan moore is at left tackle so a much much different look this is gonna be a lot of different names on the pittsburgh offensive line that i don't think many fans casual fans whatever are going to be overly familiar with zach banner was a talented guy at at usc and then you know he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit um and then of course you know they they let villanueva go they um they've just done all kinds of different things to retool their offensive line for better or for worse but um (laughs) you see mark caboli he's he's a funny one on twitter to follow he's he's pretty pretty dry and uh comes with the jokes quite a bit but i'll describe training camp practices for you all drill 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 stretch drill 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 seven shots drills football plays drill 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 so they are hammering the basics and uh nuances of the playbook it would seem at pittsburgh training camp speaking of some news with the pittsburgh steelers they're talking about stop me if you've heard this before Talking about Ben Roethlisberger coming back for the future and not ruling out the return of Ben Roethlisberger in 2022. This is from uh, this is from Brooke Pryor of ESPN and talking about how and I'll, I'll link this for you folks here as well in the live chats. Oh boy, never ending with with Big Ben, is it? This is from owner and team president this quote at least is from owner and president art rooney the second quote it's not written in stone that this is his last year rooney told a small group of reporters at camp quote we are aware this could be ben's last year we hope it's a it's a great one that's as far as we can go with it right now obviously if this is his last year then next year we'll be making decisions on a quarterback and we'll address it as the time comes up. And then as you remember, it talks a little bit about the contract situation. He took a $5 million pay cut, lowering a salary cap hit by more than $15 million this year. Um, so kind of did the Tom Brady thing to be able to help the team out a little bit, maybe give them a little flexibility, do some different things in free agency. But he did take a $5 million pay cut to, to basically give the team $15 million more of a salary cap space. And uh, we'll see what happens. But of course, Ben Roethlisberger, will he, won't he, will he, won't he? Um, that happens in the season about, is he going to start? Is he not going to start? It also happens every year. Is he going to retire? Is he going to be a stealer? Who knows? Who knows? But we do know that he's going to be their guy at least this year. We'll see how that ends up playing out for them. I know a lot of people don't think that they are going to fare well in the division, but I think most people believe that they are going to be pretty competitive. Um, That's just the way the Steelers operate. They're always pretty competitive. Got a few more for you before we bounce on out of here. Going to the Baltimore Ravens, the last team that uh, we have yet to speak about, and this is a really comprehensive one from Baltimore Ravens.com the team's official site this is 10 observations from the first day in pads which happened to be today Tuesday so here's the here's the link of Baltimore this is by Ryan Mink so we'll just go through a few here uh let's see if he's uh, I thought he had these yeah he's got them numbered here um Ben Cleveland one of the ones that a favorite of ours and a favorite of a lot of folks for that covered the Cincinnati Bengals, in the NFL draft um, on the first play of 11, 11 on 11 working pads, rookie guard, Ben Cleveland put an outside linebacker on his back with a run block. He also won multiple other run blocks as head coach, John Harbaugh said after Tuesday practice, Cleveland has some pass protection sets to clean up but the man does not move backwards in run blocking. So if you remember, not only is Ben Cleveland one of the guards, Kevin Zeitler is now one of their guards, and they get Ronnie Stanley back. Um, They did move on from Orlando Brown, who got traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. So they've got some new faces on their offensive line as well, but chances are they are going to know how to run the football. Baltimore usually does, especially with the offense that they run, along with Lamar Jackson, um, JK Dobbins and the whole crew that they employ on that massive rushing attack that they, uh, they dole out, uh, rookie fifth round fullback tight end. Ben Mason was another player who needed to stand out in pads and he did with some big time blocks. So good for him. Uh, Wide receivers a an interesting position group for the Baltimore Ravens, and you see wide receiver Dion Kane has an uphill battle to make the team, but he's had back-to-back strong practices. He beat Humphrey for a long catch on a beautiful throw by Tyler Huntley, deep down the sideline. and Later, made a similar catch on a throw from McSorley, both backup quarterbacks. A sixth round picks out of a sixth round pick out of the Colts in 2018, who also spent time in Pittsburgh. Kane was signed to reserve future contract in January. He's one of those guys that's going to need to play well in the preseason and continue doing so in in training camp to make that team. But go to BaltimoreRavens.com, that link I sent you. You can check out what's going on at their camp and the sights and sounds there. But um, all teams, I mean, I know reports tend to be glowing overall at this point for a lot of different teams. Maybe not so much, and you'll see why in just a second for some of these other teams. But for the most part, it sounds like things are going pretty well around the AFC North, including the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's transition to a little bit of the NFL scope, and then we will bounce out of here in just a minute. What a week for the Indianapolis Colts. Not only do they lose their starting quarterback, a guy that they were hanging their hat upon to help continue their competitive ways, get them to the playoffs and maybe through the playoffs, Carson Wentz, but also arguably the best offensive lineman in football, Quentin Nelson. They both suffer similar foot injuries, could miss anywhere from five to 12 weeks. I listened to TJ Hushmanzada on Colin Cowherd's show yesterday. He kind of says, well, I mean, with, with foot injuries, especially with guys that just plant a lot and offensive lineman that, um, you know, just, a little bit heavier, that sort of thing. I mean, we, the, this could be something that's more eight to 10, 10 to 12 week type of range for some of these, some of these players. So they're two, arguably their two most important players. They're starting quarterback, Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson. They both suffer foot injuries. Um, they are going to need surgery and I, b- I believe, and let me just double check. Yeah. Required for surgery to repair. Um, so <laughs> Not a good week for the Indianapolis Colts and a five to twelve week time frame. Unfortunately, a really long time frame for both those guys as they heal up from foot injuries. Not a great time to be a Colts fan. Um, uh, it's just I don't know how you how you rebound from that. You just got to hope that you get through and sneak a couple of wins at the beginning of the year, and maybe they, you get them back a little earlier than you hope. But um, not not good news for Indianapolis. This is another not good news for, and I, you know, really this guy's been keeping away from, or the, the team has been keeping him away from from activities. But uh, a high pick, Jeff Gladney. Defensive back for the Minnesota Vikings has been released because he's been indicted for felony assault. Um, He was indicted Tuesday by a Texas grand jury for felony assault of a woman he was previously in a relationship with and has has subsequently been released by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, He was selected 31st overall of last year's draft. So he did start 15 games as a rookie. He was kind of the guy that they were hoping was going to step in and alleviate the absence of Trey Waynes and unfortunately that has not been the case not been the case and uh, won't be the case so he has he's going to be heading to trial ugly story um, a lot to play out there obviously but uh, he has been indicted and it will no longer be a part of the Minnesota Vikings and will not be uh, in that week one game against Minnesota uh, as the Bengals host them at Paul Brown Stadium in week one more just uh, you know, news coming out of camps that are very – this this was – I don't really know what to make of this one. Um, a lot of people believe that obviously this was something that was not intentional by JT, uh, JT eBay. I, hopefully I'm saying that name correctly. But uh, he laid a hit uh, towards the shoulder head area of wide receiver Keith Kirkwood. Kirkwood had to be not only carted off the field, I believe an ambulance was – was present, and uh, he's a safety, JT Ebay is. And um, he. this was today's practice, Tuesday's practice. He was then waived after, quote, unaccept- an unacceptable practice hit on Keith Kirkwood. Um, the Panthers have decided to part ways with him very, very, very shortly after the hit that he'd placed on wide receiver Keith Kirkwood. Let's see if we've got a quote here. Um, really just a little bit of an update on kirkwood's health by matt rule the head coach Uh, kirkwood had moving movement in his legs didn't have any pain in his neck a lot of that is obviously precautionary we'll wait to see after he's looked at to see exactly what it is that was just the early signs Um, and then of course ebay i just felt bad quote i looked at him when i landed and i just felt bad i asked the trainers to tell him i'm so sorry i didn't mean to hit him like that wasn't intentional at all and I'm praying it's okay so I mean they cut him after and what he claims is an unintentional hit that yes gave a scary scary injury to one of the wide receivers but um, he is no longer part of the Carolina Panthers so not a not only a scary day but just a kind of ugly day at Panthers practice on Tuesday Joe judge. Additionally, kind of laying down the hammer like Matt Rule did in Carolina, he is disciplining players after an on-field brawl at practice. This is from Chase Goodbread on NFL.com. There was a full-team brawl, um, and Daniel Jones was beneath the scrum. And you can see here, the sequence began with a lengthy run by running back Corey Clement. Tight end Evan Ingram took exception to a hit by Jabril Peppers. Uh, From there, Logan Ryan took exception to Ingram's actions and the battle royale was on. Jones reportedly inserted himself into the mix after uh, after it had already broken out. Um, A furious judge, Joe Judge, the the head coach, lined the team up for gassers, then put them through a series of push-ups while reportedly spewing a profanity-laced tirade. High school-like discipline, to be sure. All that was missing (laughs) were field-length crab walks and then, of course, um, there was just all kinds of different disciplinary actions going on there. So the Giants and, and Joe Judge trying to ma- make a statement and uh, tell his team that this is not what we're doing, especially at practice and to each other. Last one before we bounce out and give you a little bit more news about the show and what's going on going forward. Uh, some good news for Rams fans x-rays of Matthew Stafford's right thumb were negative there were some concerns about um, what some some uh, pain in that right thumb after he hit it on a helmet while throwing a pass this is on pro football talk Um, so and this was from Monday but he, he avoided a serious injury it sounds like Matthew Stafford will be fine after hurting his right thumb hitting it on the helmet of another defensive player at practice Again, want to remind folks, and uh, I will put this back into the live chats for your information. Um, This is the GoFundMe that we have started. Uh, We've already got another. I see. uh, Thank you, Everett Howard. I see just during the show, we had a donation. So here is the GoFundMe. Appreciate that. Um, again, the, the proceeds to that go directly and all of them, nothing to this show, nothing to John and I, nothing, all, every single red cent that we get from these donations go to the Ken Anderson Alliance, the Munoz foundation and Ken Riley foundation. So please, please, please support those how you can. We've got Anthony Munoz coming on at the very special time at 4:30 Eastern tomorrow. And we're going to tack on the rest of our show live beyond the interview there, but we're going to spend about 15, 20 minutes with Anthony Munoz, which we are very excited about. We're basically, we've covered all the bases with the Ring of Honor, and we're going to hopefully highlight, uh, hopefully get, get these charities the money that we have set up, uh, with the, the goal that we have set for them. It's a lofty goal, but hopefully we can reach that goal and get those charities that money. So um, Appreciate everybody's support on that front. and Of course, a little bit of late news uh personal news but i will it looks like i'll be heading to week one in cincinnati in that uh, for the vikings bengals game so uh tickets have been purchased and finalizing travel plans and all that kind of stuff so if you are out there i would like to meet you i'd like to see you guys and uh hopefully we we all get to see a Bengals win going forward there but um, i'm pretty excited about that and uh hopefully i can see a lot of you all while i'm out there but wanted to let you guys know everybody take care hopefully you have enjoyed the water cooler chat it's been a long one again uh i thought it would be shorter because it was just me but not really it's, it's still a long one thanks for tuning in thanks for checking out the show you can always get the show on itunes stitcher spotify google play iheart uh iheart radio and wherever you get your podcast you can check out our show check out orange is the new black from ace and zim chalk talk from matt minnick all part of the cincy jungle podcast channel be sure to subscribe to that channel leave us a rating and oh by the way if you prefer the video aspect of our show subscribe to the orange and black insider youtube channel hit the bell for the notifications to be turned on and like videos like this so we can keep bringing you all kinds of different stuff maybe we'll be bringing you a little bit more daily stuff. Hint, hint. I don't know. Maybe we'll be doing that if that's something you want You want to do. We try and bring you stuff most of the days of the week anyway, but uh, maybe we'll make it more daily stuff if that's what you guys want. Let us know. We're always open to feedback. Thanks, everybody. Take it easy, and we will see you tomorrow for the, for the other big show with Mr. Munoz and my co-host, John Sheeran. Take it easy.